1: this is the busted open podcast
0: you can listen to the full show monday through saturday from 9 a.m to noon eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156
2: Yeah, welcome in pro wrestling fans. You're on a Thursday. It's a busted open radio coming your way podcast edition. I'm Ryan McKinnell in for Dave LaGreca. Got the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, hanging out with me here on this Thursday. And my, what a Thursday we have. We are diving into last night's AEW Dynamite. Brian Danielson and Hangman Page go face to face on National Cowboy Shit Day. Is the American Dragon going heel? We'll tell you about it inside this episode also as we ask questions what in the hell is going on with charlotte flair and becky lynch becky lynch giving a scathing interview to mma fighting's ariel hawani we dive into the ramifications of what that means for flair and lynch's showdown at this weekend's survivor series all you got to do is sit back relax click play let's get it going bust it open on thursday Tommy, I don't know what it was. Maybe you can pinpoint it. You put together a lot of matches in your life, a lot of shows in your life. That one was just fun, man. And 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 I wasn't counting down the clock. It was over before I wanted it to be. It was, it was like everything I wanted in a pro wrestling show. Why did I feel that way, Tommy Dreamer? You explain it to me. You psychoanalyze my professional wrestling fandom.
3: One, and Tony Khan has mastered it, pacing of a show. And yeah. it opened up where they kept, they showed us what happened at full gear. And then it's this whole new thing. And then it was like all these plot twists and turns and you knew you're yeah. going to have a fun celebration. Hangman page comes out first. They don't wait till last, which is kind of, you know, that's, I guess would be set the stage usually for what we normally would see. Um, on let's say a Monday Night Raw Where it's going to be the last Noah comes out first he, He's the hometown hero He's the guy who made good And people have a connection with Hangman Page He referenced So many things The commentators, they're all setting up the stage And then out of nowhere Here comes uh, Brian Danielson And One <laughs> really, really Real promo And it just went back and forth and it was kind of also where you didn't think you'd be seeing something out of this a little bit of a Brian Danielson with an attitude. And, you know, f- this is why I love wrestling. Yesterday, Bully and I were talking, and I was like, I wouldn't go with Hangman and Brian Danielson right away. I would kind of sidetrack it because you got your really, really over baby face and Hangman Page try to go for a heel against him. But uh uh-uh. uh, looks like they're going full throttle with Brian Danielson. And Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. I don't want to say had a heel turn, but there was the no chance going uh, when he was mm-hmm. doing some of those kicks in the corner. And then also, you know, the crowd. The crowd was so into everything. And you know, you look at the matches; they're not like it was top top. All the top talent appeared, but the top talent wasn't working. But all the talent that wrestled stepped up, which then elevates everybody across the board. Because Brian Danielson and Evil Uno was a really, really good match.
2: But uh, the match itself, um, Tommy, the 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 style of the match, the way it played out, coming off of the promo from Danielson um, with Paige, It it it. I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not ready to commit and call it a full heel turn yet. Um, I, I, I think when you're talking about the American Dragon, when I think of the American Dragon, I think stiff. I think violent. I think high energy. I think dedicated pro wrestler. You know what I mean? I think of all these things, and that's what we saw last night. Tommy, the American Dragon is best when he is violent, And we got another taste of that last night. And listen, it's not like we haven't seen it up until this point. Really, ever since Danielson showed up in AEW... He's completely violent, and I'll give you – I use my wife as an example uh, uh, to, to start the show, right? My wife doesn't know Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. She only knows Daniel Bryan, the Bellas, WrestleMania, the Yes Movement, all of that. Has no context for Ring of Honor. She's been to Ring of Honor shows. She saw Steen work in Ring of Honor. She went to anniversary shows, but she wasn't watching when Danielson was working there, right? So she's just watching this run with Danielson. She was at All Out in Chicago, and she's like, I like this style so much more. He's so much more interesting. This is such a much more watchable product. And and, and, and Dreamer, for a lot of folks out there, this is their introduction into a completely different Daniel Bryan slash Brian Danielson. And you see why the the industry loved him for so long and why he was so heralded when he showed up to WWE all those years ago.
3: Yep, and, and you think about him. I mean, he's had an amazing journey and, you know, for a long yeah. time... Before going to WWE, he didn't really want to go to WWE. He wanted to have continued to have great long matches to the point where he turned WWE down. Then he was just like, all right. And uh, I know there was a few people that influenced him where it was like, hey, man, you know, if you get over here, you can have those type of matches. And he went, you know, he got sidetracked uh, for uh, choking Justin Roberts uh, with the tie, got fired, and then he got became even a bigger star. Once he comes back, and I mean, he went through ups and downs. We all saw him and his real life grow on national television. And as a performer, as an entertainer, there's not a lot of guys who are just good wrestlers, and then they could do it on the mic. Mm -hmm. But he can do both. He has that it factor, always has, and has gotten everything he's touched over. I mean, when he was that uh, militant, vegan Uh, Recycling heel (laughs) The yes, no With the hemp belt Yeah, I mean everything he's done Where you didn't think this such a beloved guy Could get over as a heel And then he does Um, Then he decides to leave the WWE And and a great commentary by Jim Ross Was like, hey, he didn't He doesn't need to wrestle for the money He wrestles because he loves it Those are those great little nuances That just get thrown away because you look at a guy who's getting you know every each and every week he's in the ring he's doing something in the ring and he's telling people and he knows he wants there's so many dream matches that he's wanted to have he's has the ability to do it but each and every week he's out there wrestling and not and having really good he's having long competitive matches but that banter back and forth with him and hangman page where you know, Hey, I'm just out here to congratulate you, but you know what? I am the number one contender. And then it's, you know, hangman page. It's, you know, all right, well, you did interrupt me and uh, you know, Hey, at least I beat Kenny Omega in under 30 minutes. So it's that, right. Little, right. that's, that's real as real can be. And I mean, if you ever hear guys talk like, I mean, so many times when people would hear me and Bubba talk and we're not even fighting, we're just having conversation. People are, moving away because we, we're throwing shots at each other, but they think we're really going at it, but we're not. And they had some real life banter out there. And that's again, being unscripted and having the ability to just flow when you're having a conversation. And that's why it worked. That first segment worked and the entire show worked. And, and like you we were saying before, why I felt the way I did, why you felt the way you did it, it's pacing and it's it's show flow because right out the bat, after that really, really nice heated segment, you know, where there's some physicality, but not really physicality, then we settle it all down. We come out of commercial break, and then we're in for a really, really good match. And then after that, Daniel Bryan, I mean Brian Danielson's gonna talk again, and he's saying, Hey, next week I'm gonna go after we're in Chicago and Colt Cabana, you're from Chicago. Hey, let's do this. And then somebody else brings up the history between Colt Cabana and, uh, and Brian Danielson. It's just, I love how they make people remember and, uh, all good stuff, man. And that's just the first segment.
2: Just quality storytelling from top to bottom. And you talk about real life, you talk about real venom, you talk about walking that line. Uh, we are going to be hitting. Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch coming up in about hour or two. Becky Lynch giving an interview with MMA fighting and Ariel Hawane. And boy, did she have a lot to say. Borderline historic interview. But we'll save that here uh, because, Tommy, we are on the subject of Brian Danielson and National Cowboy Shit Day with Hangman Page. You brought up the commentary which I'm glad you did because I thought the layered commentary last night, the storytelling from that booth, from that team, and what they did for Dan, not just Danielson, but the for, for, from everybody that we saw, Darby Allen, MJF, it didn't matter. I mean, they always do a great job. It just felt like. I don't know, man. It felt like something was in the water last night. Even Shivani and Jim Ross, like when they were going off the air, Shivani said that was one of the best dynamites that we've ever had. Tony Khan said it on Twitter afterwards, and it didn't feel like company line. Like you could feel what we were watching. And again, the commentary was on point. The workers were on point. Can you speak to the flow of a show like that? Like when you're back, like do you know a show is going great like that when it's when it's unfolding and the segments are playing out and it's rolling like that? Because we are talking about professional wrestling, which is an art. And, yes, art is subjective. But, Tommy, you can feel art. You can sometimes taste art. You can hear art. It's more than just your eyes, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're, you're a music guy as well as you're a wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. You've been to some really, really good yeah. concerts. You've been to some shitty concerts. You can feel <laughs> the energy of the fans. And then the wrestlers feed off that. The people were alive and... You can feel, hey man, this is a good set list. If I'm a musician, I could see how the people yeah. are interacting. They're they're singing all our songs. There's no lull points. It that like you said, it was a great two hours of wrestling. Um, I, I'm not a big concert guy, but one of the greatest events I've ever gone to was a Kiss concert, and it was it gave me everything. That I possibly could want out of the band It was their greatest hits It was a couple of songs I never heard before But there was pyro, there was blood There was fire, there was confetti (laughs) Same with uh, last night They gave me a bit of everything And wanted me to watch tomorrow And yes, every single person can feed off of that energy And commentators, referees, you name it they all You could feel all that of like Man, this is such a good show
2: what did we see last night on Dynamite? A heel turn for Brian Danielson and if so, what does that mean for the character and the American Dragon going forward? All I know is I was already interested in a match between these two. Uh I love the idea of the future of AEW with uh, the 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 WWE Stalwart the WrestleMania main eventer. And right there Danielson, uh, obviously, the astute uh, artist that he is making reference to his past and 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 dreamer how great is it that without question Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan one of the most over wrestlers of the last decade plus right he can go out there and generate heat at the drop of a hat the guy is just the dude's magical
3: when you are over you can uh do and say he hey listen he if you really think about what he said he was just giving his personal opinion as well as he wasn't turning full blown heel, but it is right. where he's at. He's in Virginia talking to the guy who Virginia champion forever in his life. He will be one of the most over people. He just stepped all over poor Mickey James because Virginia is uh, no longer a hardcore country. Virginia is now hangman page style. Um, but what I'm trying to say is like next week too, Chicago, he's doing, I mean, mm-hmm. there was Shawn Michaels could go out there heel or babyface, and he'd still be Shawn. I mean, you think about uh, DX when we're trying to be really, really heelish, they would still be entertaining, but they would still do their job to what they were supposed to be um, for Daniel Bryan. He's just, you know, being himself, and he's also being himself. There was nothing, a lot of, heels are supposed to stretch the truth. Heels are supposed to uh, try to get heat like an MJF who just, another, one of the best promos he's ever delivered. Um, uh-huh. But for Daniel Bryan, there, there's, like for most heels, there's not, they're, in their head, they're always right. In Daniel Bryan's head, he was speaking truth. And so was Hangman Page. So it's agree to disagree or, hey, guess what? We're going to have this altercation eventually. They, they laid a lot of great um, for the future. Same with simple with uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. And when Adam Cole stepped up and then Kenny had that, that's just laying the foundation of somewhere that they could go. They don't necessarily have to. But I think, you know, Kenny's going to go away. And now, you know, when he comes back, you'll have that whole Adam Cole. They've done it before and it worked and it's going to work again.
2: Well, they're going to, it's going to work again because it's on a, a much bigger stage. No disrespect to what we saw from, you know, uh, Omega and Cole in the past. This is TNT. This is TBS. This is. With uh, you know, the the North American audience, super hot crowds, and a, and a and a bunch of captive audience, we'll just use that right in a very real way. And yeah, you talk about setting the groundwork. Uh, Omega going away last night. Uh, Cole saying to to Kenny, "Hey, I got this cleaner." And Omega looking at the Bucks and say, well, actually, I was talking to the Bucks, but there was that weird sort of back and forth. But you could see the dynamic, right, sort of shifting a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of small egos at play. And, and that's great, right? It's uh, foreshadowing and it keeps us interested for whatever might be coming down the pipeline in the future. Speaking of uh, coming down the pipeline in the future, Tommy, you, you basically alluded to it, right? You, you said it wasn't a full heel turn. Are we going to get a full heel turn from the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, right? Is the foreshadowing going to lead to something more violent, something more dastardly, uh, something more dark from the American Dragon?
3: I don't think you need it. Um, I I think if he stays on his pace of just being, you know, this amazing performer, it's going to, he's the only guy who can probably be a full-blown heel. I don't know how he could do it. Him dropping uh, the WrestleMania line, you it's so, we used to do stuff like that. We had in ECW, WCW and WWE were our perfect foils for whenever we wanted. I don't think AEW needs to go that route, but I mean, could you imagine if you want to go full-blown heel, if like you have a corporate Daniel Bryan coming out and, you know, but, but then it would be kind of, making aew second rate and set and they're not second rate
2: yeah right i I think they'd stay away from that could he could he do it just by his style of wrestling tommy do you think that could be enough just the a more ultra violent version of brian danielson like you said that's enough to 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 not make him a full-blown heel but to to do enough to his character to where to what i was talking about earlier with my wife to where you're clearly watching a different character
3: if Anyone can. Yes, he can. I don't think you need him to be uh, a heel. Though uh, AEW is loaded with babyfaces, I don't know who, besides MJF, that top, top heel persona would be. There could be, should be a massive turn with somebody. Don't know who that is but they i mean they again they're firing on all cylinders they've laid the groundwork for some great stuff which again is so important so key and, and even you know for friday they've set the show for oh you know you want to have a rematch you know with christian cutting a great promo with uh, mm-hmm. jungle boy luchasaurus young bucks you know hey we're not cleared but we will be stuff like that phenomenal it really is and and if they can top the match that they had at full gear and if there's anybody who can it's those uh six guys
2: how long do you wait uh to back to danielson and and and, uh um, page here real quick how long do you wait on that match uh danielson basically uh planting his flag and saying hey dark order you're all getting your head kicked in i'm running through the entire gamut essentially said yo page When I meet you, I don't want any excuses from you that you weren't ready. I'm going to go through all your boys. I'm going to rip apart the dark order, essentially what he said. I'm paraphrasing, right? And then I'll finally meet you. So when is that going to happen, Dreamer? When would you make that match between Paige and Danielson?
3: I would save it for their next pay-per-view because that's something that I would personally want to pay to see. I would not give that away on free television. And if I have my, uh, I'm a baby face, I'm Brian Danielson. I'm doing exactly what I'm saying I'm going to do. I'm going to beat every one of this dark order. And I don't know how many members there are. So I'm going to beat every one of them. And then I'm going to get to you. And if you're beating every one of them, if you're wrestling two days a week, you're going to go through that group in a perfect, Number to get to your next pay per view. Um, their next pay per view is Revolution in February. So if there's eight of them, yeah, we're end of November, December, January. You could stretch it out.
2: And this is the, this is what we talk about long this is why I love Aew so much. Uh, one of the reasons why it's such an enjoyable product to me long-term booking, long-term storytelling. I talk about it all the time I've as a, as a young fan, I always thought the in- your house era in the '90s ruined WWE for me, right It was a pay-per-view every three weeks. The storytelling got disjointed. It was just you know three weeks storytelling all right, pay off here, pay off here, pay off here there was there was no there was no there's no dangling of the carrot, right Dreamer. Their next pay-per-view is in February, and the story started between Danielson and Paige last night. That was the first chapter in the story, bro, and I'm here for it in the rightest of ways. I mean, it just... The, it, it's in part of what makes this company so enjoyable, I guess is what I'm saying in a very uh, uh, long and, 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 and roundabout way, right? It's just, you can feel it. And again, when that was the first part of the story, it just, it, it, it leaves you clamoring and wondering, well, what the hell are we going to see in February?
3: Absolutely. You know, you, you talk about long-term uh, MJF again, best promo he's ever cut. How did he win with the ring? He beats Darby Allen with the ring. He won that ring mm-hmm. beating Cody. He references that ring. He shows that ring. It wasn't forgotten. I don't know how long ago that was, but the fact that we're still <laughs> using it, the fact that we're still referencing stuff like that is why it's special for a lot of times. Um, and they, you know, WWE will make a, you want to forget purposely. Well, that happened last week, but this is this week. And you're like, no, but wait, That did happen. Uh, I I put over the full gear special. I watched that thing. And when I tell you, I didn't fast forward any of it. I watched it like a straight up fan and I enjoyed it because it made me so invested in the matches that I'm laying down my money for. And trust me when I tell you, I you know, putting together a wrestling card, I have to say, okay, well, what will fans want to see? lay down their money and pay for parking and pay for a ticket to see, to come to my show back in the day, you know, ECW, Hey, ECW was the selling point uh, during the attitude era. Everybody is the selling point. I'm going to a, a, a Monday night raw show. It's I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to hold up my signs. A lot of that stuff is you have to take into, you know, now it's, all right, we're laying the foundation for how am I going? Because I mean, Full Gear was friggin' a phenomenal pay per view. How am I gonna get people to lay down money to watch or to fly to wherever the show's gonna be? Like, you know, Minnesota, you know, Minneapolis, why are they gonna come? They got a great show. They wanna continue that momentum, and you have a long time to get from point A to point Z. Yeah. So they did a phenomenal job of it. And how you do that phenomenal job is through longer storytelling. Because it's got to be yeah, different. I always said this. ECW was different. And, you know, if you're if I look at it like football, your offense is a pass, 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 but you keep on, you can't score, you gotta start run, run, run because you have to change it up. The best part about what I loved, what I got to witness every week with ECW, when everyone started going to the right, we went to the left. When everyone started going to the left, we would go straight. Always different because we had to at a necessity.
4: Hey everyone, Lindsey Rhodes here and if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds. And I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd, very badly fantasy football experts, all of it, their discussions, you're not going to find anywhere else. So please subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
1: Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off
2: your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, uh, they don't like each other. And there are, there there is speculation, I should say, on... Just how real that distaste is, just where the line of story meets reality. And uh, boy, that reality took an interesting turn yesterday, Tommy, when uh, Becky Lynch showed up on my buddy uh, Ariel Hawani's show over there on MMAfighting.com. Uh, uh, Ariel, a, a well known combat sports journalist, uh, written for and worked for uh, the likes of ESPN and others. Um, he, he also has his foot in the pro wrestling world. Big pro wrestling fan. I've known Ariel for about 15 years. We've talked about pro wrestling when we covered MMA events. Um, and Becky Lynch. I think, you know, Becky formerly dated Luke Sanders, uh, a mixed martial arts fighter, former UFC fighter. I remember Becky being around events uh, years ago. So it stands to reason that her and Ariel have some sort of relationship. And, uh, yeah, Becky went on Ariel's show yesterday, Tommy, and had a lot to say about Charlotte Flair and uh, their rivalry. Before we get to the audio and play it for the nation, what'd you think about Becky and what'd you think about the interview? How real do you think that was?
3: Uh, I'd rather listen to the interview again. I did listen to the interview, but I'd rather have the nation uh, listen to it before I give my thoughts.
2: All right. Well, let's do that. Let's hear from Becky Lynch yesterday on the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani at MMAFighting.com.
4: I was able to hold it together until i got backstage i did what i was supposed to do and uh and and then when i got backstage i lost it a little bit what happened i i lost it i lost lost it it. i lost it verbally or physically something. verbally i had to go out and do the dark match right after so um so i verbally lost it i didn't have time to be scrapping in the back
0: verbally lost it to her or to other people to her to her
4: but at the end of the day i was right
0: right so what bothered you? That she dropped the belt?
4: The way that it was all handled. Right. And and so look, there, it was supposed to go a certain way and when I saw it happening I was like, ah, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And I told people beforehand that this was what was going to happen. She was going to make it really hard to do this angle and then it happened and so I, I just lost it. I lost because I was able to process it because I knew that this was going to happen. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do my thing and that uh, and there was just no need for it. There was no need for it because at the end of the day it wasn't about me, it was about Sasha and her getting right. into something. And so I was like, What is that? This is this is just stupid.
2: That was Becky Lynch with Ariel Hawani yesterday. Tommy uh, that was an interesting conversation for many reasons. Um, I said when the belt exchange happened however many weeks ago that clearly something was happening there. People were in their feelings. There was an element of reality. It would behoove the WWE to follow up on that and to play on that reality. Even I didn't expect this sort of reality, a sit-down interview a few days re- uh, away from Survivor Series with the likes of uh, Ariel Hawani, and then for Becky to say uh, what she said. And you heard it in that clip in the heard it um really uh sort of dare i say historical stuff from Becky Lynch cuz Tommy i can't remember this happening too often in WWE like this no
3: there's not a lot of uh backstage fights and there's a difference between altercations and fights um mm-hmm. i've seen a few not that many especially with uh you know ramifications um, here's a few things that i would like the nation to digest we talk about, yeah. you know, yeah. Becky, Becky had said something in, a, in another clip I had seen where she talked about trusting somebody. And also she talked about, is Charlotte difficult to work with? And there is a big trust factor in every single thing that we do. And as simple as my trainer, I, I use him as a reference all the time because he's a great trainer. He was also a shooter and he was the WWE. F's shooter for a while uh, Hall of Famer Johnny Rods Johnny Rods um, Was picked up and because of sweat And he had worked with him a million times And a super safe guy Tony Gurria uh, And he said he Lawn darted him and he went uh, He laid there on the Mat and I, I, I remember this him Telling to me and he said he couldn't Feel his hands or his feet and he laid There for about 45 seconds saying I'm a Cripple I can no longer move And then he got a little bit of feeling back. And then being crazy old time wrestler, he said, pick me up and slam me again, because his Mm -hmm. trainer said, if you ever get a severe trauma like that, just have somebody do the same thing to you, one, for mental, so you get it out of you, and two, that hopefully it lines everything back up. So um, he did that. But as simple as a body slam, you can die, you can become a cripple, it's that simple. Um, I have been involved in shoots, I've been involved in riots, I've been involved in situations where you were unsure of what was going to go on, and back in the day, and I've told this story many, many times, wrestlers carried real weapons in their gear, real foreign objects, Straight razors, razors taped to your fingers. Uh, Sabu used to have a long spike in his boot for in case a fan hit the ring Um, or in case someone's trying you. It's back. These were wild, wild times because you're going into where knowing stuff is predetermined. But hey, if a person doesn't want to do business, they don't have to do business back in the territories. You beat somebody up or something happens. Just go find work somewhere else don't know if that will happen uh, in today's society but if you're beating somebody if, if somebody's beating me up I have no problem using uh, a weapon and taking them out if someone's gonna risk my life you got to do Let's it say it's you your fight health. for your life so yeah. with all that being said this is a trusting business we also got to see um, and people talk about you know, a lot of different things. There was an altercation between Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair on national television, where it just went South. If I listen, I know both women, I respect both women, but if you're having a difficult, but you got to squash it or it's agree to disagree and let's go out there and tear it up. I have been involved with men who really didn't like each other. And I have seen them fight for real in the back and then go out there and perform like you couldn't perform before. I mean, it was magic. You talk, you've heard stories of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. They did not like each other. Some of their stuff was stiff, but they still went out there. They didn't try to injure each other. You have to take that in consideration or else then guess what? Then you're not a professional. And just like Becky said, not in that, clip but it's then hey then we're doing ufc that's what we're doing and that's not what it's supposed to be um if you can't squash your differences listen man i i have seen where a guy didn't want to lose to another guy and it was in your face pulling people apart uh it was tully blanchard and shane douglas and Paul Heyman had made a promise to Tully, and they were in each other's face. And Tully's like, Hey, you want to go out there and do this? Let's go out there and do this. And Shane was the champion. And this was on a little show somewhere in Pennsylvania. If I go to my book, I can pull it out. And the entire locker room, because Paul had gotten us all ready, but these two guys were going at it, and Tully really didn't work there. They were. I mean, in each other's face, the music is playing. And Tully, like, hey, let's go. We'll go see. So now we're getting ready for our champion. There was a locker room full of guys getting ready to attack Tully Blanchard if he tried to beat Shane Douglas for real. And there would have been a massive beating of a person that I, at the time, didn't really know. I'm glad it never happened because I really like Tully Blanchard. But you have no clue of what locker rooms are like. And when it gets to that level, that's why you do have management. That's when, where literally this has to come down. If it's a, for real, then they got, it's real. If it's a work, then they hooked everybody and kudos to them. But this is where management, and I'm not talking John Laurinaitis. I'm talking, this is where Vince McMahon has to sit down with, uh, john laurinitis in the room and everybody in the room and you have to go out and say hey this this and this this is how this has to happen or else one of you is going to lose your job
2: so with that in mind take me behind the curtain right now take me uh with your experiences you have obviously uh been very high up in that company you know vince mcmahon you've dealt with similar situations like this first question how real is this between Charlotte and Becky? What were the vibes that that interview gave you yesterday? Does he more concerned after hearing that yesterday? And what do you think is happening right now at WWE? And what do you think is Vince's concern level as we head into survivor series between these two, because Becky sounded somewhat concerned, Ariel, they didn't hear it uh, for the, the nation that didn't hear it. Um, Ariel did ask Becky, you know, are you worried about Sunday or what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? And she's like, we'll see. And it was very cut and dry. I mean, there's clearly – to me, Tommy, it certainly felt like uh, there was some worry on Becky's uh, behalf there. But I don't know what story. I don't know what shoot. I don't know. Break it down for me uh, by your estimation.
3: Uh, I prepare for – if it's me, I'm preparing for a real fight that could go down at any moment. And that's just how – it's kind of, that's how I was trained where, um, <clears throat> Hey man, uh, I hope it never gets to this, but you know, I saw, I never saw the, the new Jack stuff, but the guy punched him a couple times in the face and he literally took out some, and started stabbing the guy right then and there in a little hotel. Uh, and he went to jail and then he worked it by, but the guy really got stabbed, I pray to God I don't see that on, you know, Survivor Series. Um, we I all have we'll seen be, some we'll right. <laughs> stuff go down. Why? Uh, honestly, how could you say that? Let, let's say me and you were having a debate, a live debate in front of thousands of people. You say something that's going to oh. be off kilter to me you, and then me and you get physical. If there's a microphone stand there, if there's a chair there, you're not going to try to hit me because, you know, I'm Tommy Dreamer and I'm going to I'm going to try to pull um, your eye out.
2: I'm serious. We're talking about, okay, but no, no, I, I got, I got you. I got, here's the thing. We're, we're talking about a publicly traded company, a billion dollar company that has went out of its way to tell you that you are not watching pro wrestling. So these are sports entertainers. This is Sasha Banks and the Mandalorian. This is The Rock on Netflix. This isn't New Jack in the 90s, you know, shanking people in the ring, right? Now, I'm not saying it can't happen, but, Tommy, I've got to think when you're Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, you've got to understand the umbrella, the ramifications, the billion dollar bottom line that sits at your feet and your responsibility. I just... I would be shocked if this divulged into something that physical, but but Tommy, you don't sound like that. You you sound like that's not that far off from a possibility.
3: Well, I also am a crazy person, as well as I've been in (laughs) riots. But there have been times where stuff goes awry. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for wrestling fans. It's uncomfortable. But listen, it could happen.
2: Uh, It's some terrifying stuff for sure. Listen, tensions are high as we head into Survivor Series.
1: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producers are Gabby Pisa and Josh Friedman. Sound designed by Neri Bayon. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.